We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Can he get it away in time on the step back? He does! He hits! He hits! And the Mavericks have won the game! Luka Doncic with a 30-footer to win it at the horn! And you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast. All right, what's up, guys? We're going to get this thing started here in a second. I'm fairly certain that my co-host, Matt Glatson, is not going to be able to join me today. So unless you just want to hear me ramble by myself for about 30 minutes, <laughs> send a, send some speaker requests, I'll get you up here. Uh, we'll talk about everything that's been going on with the Mavs. A lot of it's been bad, but, you know, it, there's some there's some silver linings to all of this this mess that's going on with the COVID stuff and the, you know, the regular injuries and everything. So I think I think there's light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know where the end of the tunnel is, but uh, I think ultimately this might be, uh, you know, a good thing going forward, especially if guys that, that have COVID, uh, if they have minor symptoms and, uh, you know, as long as they're doing good and, you know, apparently from everything I've seen, it, it isn't as bad as, as what it was last year. Uh, this new variant just spreads a whole lot quicker uh, than, than what it did last year. So without further ado, we'll get started. And like I said, y'all just send me a speaker request. I'll get you up here. And uh, just when you're not talking, keep it on mute. Uh, and that makes it a whole lot easier. Uh, you know, it makes it sound better on the recording. But anyway, we'll get this thing going. <clears throat> How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. Uh, this is Mavs Step Back Live. It's been a while since we've done this on Green Room. Uh, I was going to do, I had originally planned to do a, a video pod with Matt earlier today, or well, a few minutes ago, but schedules didn't work out. Uh, and I figured this is the easiest way to do something if you're going to go solo because you can have people come up and talk. And uh, I like getting, you know, you guys' opinions on things as well as, you know, what you think about my opinion on things. So that's where we're at uh, on this one today. A lot of things going on with the Mavs. Uh, they have now seven players uh, DeCorey McLaughlin, uh, I think it's McLaughlin, not McLaughlin, but anyway, uh, Tim McMahon, he just tweeted out 
uh, where Mavs PR said that he has now entered uh, COVID protocols. And so that makes it seven Mavs now in the NBA health and safety protocols. And they also have a number of guys out with injuries. And what makes it so deflating is that, yeah, the Mavs, they were losing all these guys to the COVID protocols, but Luca, who had missed the last five games due to his uh, ankle injury, he was <laughs> he was set to come back tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks from everything I heard. You know, the, the Mavs expected him to be able to play in this one, and then he'd be ready for the Christmas game and everything. And then yesterday uh, it was announced that, that he also entered into the uh, NBA health and safety protocols. So that completely derailed that. Uh, it definitely, we, we're having a Mavs step back watch party tonight uh, on the playback app, and you can go to Step Back Mavs on Twitter, and I think I have it pinned. Uh, how you can get into that, but anyway, it, it definitely takes a little bit of juice away from that. Giannis Antetokounmpo already wasn't going to play for the Bucks, so we weren't going to get the the Luca versus Giannis matchup that that everybody likes to see anyway, but, you know, everybody's like, okay, well, we, we've already <laughs> been without Luca this long, and it was just going to be a, a nice breath of fresh air. But, uh, alas, we are uh, going into this one shorthanded yet again. And what they showed us in the last game, though, is that even if they are severely shorthanded, even if they sign guys, you know, officially sign guys four hours before tip-off, it doesn't really matter because of the way the NBA is right now. <laughs> you know, they signed uh, Theo Pinson uh, about 24 hours before tip-off on Tuesday, and they signed – they officially signed Marquise Chris. Uh, it, it was four hours before tip-off. And then both of those guys ended up playing uh, – Pinson played 22 minutes, Chris played 16 including the closing stretch where he was guarding Carl Anthony Towns and made some huge plays for the Mavs. And so we know what what the team is capable of, even while it's shorthanded. They seem to have picked up a couple of hungry guys on these 10-day contracts uh, that are trying to carve out a spot for themselves. And, you know, we got – we got some other names, too, that they've recently signed, like uh, Texas Legends – guard Carly Jones. He showed us some stuff in summer league. Uh, he's played extremely well for the legends so far this year, averaging like 20 points, five assists, five rebounds a game. Uh, everybody's been calling on Mavs Twitter for them to sign him or, you know, to give him a, at least one of those two way spots uh, like Ja'Cory McLa- McLaughlin, uh, maybe give him that two way. So it's nice to see him get caught up, even if it, was only due to the COVID circumstances. Maybe he can show the Mavs something. And uh, like Mark Cuban said uh, in his Mavs collectibles discourse the other day uh, after that Minnesota game, he said that uh, there could be some tough or some hard roster decisions to be made uh, in the next week or so based on how guys play. And, I don't know. I, I want to get a lot of y'all's thoughts, too, uh, on this, just to make sure I'm not being biased about it. But Cuban, up to this point, or really the Mavs front office in general, that was the first time 
I've actually seen some, what's the word, some leniency. You know, it's the first time where it hasn't just been like a full company line. Like, okay, we're going to just continue to ride this thing out. Uh, we've had so many injuries and uh, COVID absences that we really don't know what we are, even though it's been 30 games. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, even when Luca was healthy, <laughs> you lost to the Pelicans at home by 16 points. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, it was, it's more delusion than anything else when they talk like that. But um, Mark Cuban has a, a Discord channel for Mavs collectibles. And when he was DMing all these people on Mavs Twitter uh, that day, he was, you know, sending out the links to that. Well, it's a public forum. I mean, anybody can – can join it. And I I wrote a piece about uh, what he said after the last Minnesota game on DallasBasketball.com went up uh, late last night and it kind of just like flew under the radar. He just kind of posted it and nobody really, really said much. And I'm surprised I was the only one that saw it. But uh, again, like instead of getting the company line, he, he acknowledged that there could be some tough, uh, decisions coming up but then again he called Willie Colley Stein a steal and a half when they traded for him so maybe he's considering that the tough decision uh for Willie Colley Stein I don't know what's going on with him he's been out forever due to what the team's calling personal reasons uh, I'm not going to speculate on that because I don't know what the guy's going through but you know it, it there it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, they've just kind of decided that they're going to use him as a trade ship and use his $4 million salary as filler. And so he's just not playing, uh, you know, to prevent injury and all that stuff. So I don't know that for sure. That that would be, you know, if I was placing money on it, I'd probably do that. But, again, we don't know what's going on with him. But uh, I want to get y'all's thoughts. I mean, what what do y'all think about Cuban's recent statements? I mean, do you believe that, um, that there could be some tough roster decisions. And, I mean, I got some flack during that last game for saying how impressed I was with Theo Pinson, and I was impressed with Chris, too. Um, but, I mean, I was. it's not like I'm saying these guys are going to be staples in the rotation for the rest of the season or, you know, going past this season. It's just you can't deny what your eyes are watching on the basketball court. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote a I wrote another piece on DallasBasketball.com the other day. I've been very I've been a lot more active in my writing this past week. Uh, if y'all haven't noticed, but there's there's a ton of good stuff up on the on the site right now. Not not just from what I've written. You know, uh, Mike Fisher, uh, Grant Afseth, uh, new our new guy Jeremy uh, Brenner. He's put up some good stuff. Lance Roberson. Uh, there, there there's a lot of good stuff up there. Y'all go check it out. But uh, you know, you can't deny what we saw from these these guys that were just signed. And it's funny because I, I was kind of joking when I tweeted it out during the game, but I also kind of wasn't based on how the team has played so far this season. It felt like Pinson and Chris had like – or they gave the appearance of being the Mavs' sixth and seventh best players on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> and it hadn't even been a full day since they had been signed. So I don't know if that's just them, if, if, it, was, if it was just the energy of the moment. Uh, you know, uh, maybe 
I don't know what it is, but I, I think it's going to end up being a good thing for the Mavs in the long run because it's showing them like, hey, maybe we need to shake things up a little bit. Maybe there's something better out there than what we keep trying to force with this current roster that has, for the most part, stayed the same uh, for three years now. So I don't know. I'm going to bring up Sam now. Let me get him up here. Sam, can you hear me? Yes, sir. You got me. Yeah, I got you, man. Appreciate you coming on. What you got for me? Oh, no, no, not a problem. I appreciate that. Um, Yeah, just basically what you're saying. I think just with the fact with Cuban, it's kind of more indicative of the fact that he's saying that now where, for the most part, most of the fans have been complaining for the last year and a half, two years about the roster being the same. It, it took basically a COVID, you know, whatever, for them to get new players in here. Or just try something different. Because, you know, we've seen the same thing for the last three years. And, yeah, we've gotten knocked out by the Clippers the last couple of years with Luka just being on God mode. But this this roster just ain't it. And that's that's, that's been the problem. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not a – I don't want to say I'm like the, the biggest basketball expert in the world. But you can, you can see it at some point. You're only as good as the talent that you have. And, like – I, I love Dodo. Like that man's he's he's one of my favorite players. But just imagine him if he was on, let's say, like the Suns. He'd be like the fifth best player. And some nights he's like our second best player. And that shouldn't be that way, unfortunately. Right. Just not, not saying nothing bad about him, of course, because he where he came from, obviously, you know, you can't you can't complain about that. He was undrafted and now he's worked his way up to where he's at now. So that's awesome. But we should have to depend on guys like Maxi Kleber or Dodo or, you know, even to some extent, like who else? Dwight Powell on some some nights, like they shouldn't be those type of guys. It should be Luca, KP, and then Hardaway. But Hardaway's so inconsistent; you never know what you're gonna get. KP's always hurt, so you never know what you're gonna get on a consistent basis. And now Luca, so far as great as he's been the last couple of years, he's coming to some season out of shape. So it's it's just one of those things to where you know. Sorry if I'm just ranting, but <laughs> it's just kind of it's kind of one of those things to where you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. Um, at this point, we got the opportunity because of COVID to see what other guys have and see if they could work. Obviously, with the game on Tuesday, it was just a one-game sample, so I don't want to, you know, go overboard. But if they play tonight or they play tonight and if, you know, Marquise Chris, he balls out again or Theo Pinson balls out again, you know, why not give him a shot at this point? Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I saw a couple people talking about it earlier today, too. It is, uh, you know, on, on Kirk Henderson. He's my guy over at Mavs Moneyball, good friend of mine. Uh, I think it was him that tweeted out. It's like, on the one hand, you're, <laughs> you're happy that they're kind of shaking things up a little bit. On the other hand, it's kind of concerning that it took, you know, uh, a major COVID uh, incident like this to force their hand on it. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if they would have ended up doing something if this hadn't happened. But I'm. I don't want to say I'm glad it happened because I don't want guys getting sick. Obviously, I don't want guys missing games, even if they're even if they're not sick, if they're asymptomatic, whatever. They're still missing games. You never want to see that. Uh, but you know, if it did kind of nudge the Mavs front office to be like, hey. 
<laughs> this could be good. Even because I talked with I had a I had a brief talk with Mark Cuban last week. It was part of our you know we're doing a Mavs step back premium thing now, and uh, not only just that was the first premium article that I put out, but the other stuff has been you know videos and links to watch parties and all that stuff. But anyway, um, it's already been a week, so I'm just gonna kind of give people a little insight into that. But I, I talked with him about uh, the Mavs roster building strategy. And I was just like, you know, the Mavs, uh, yeah, you've had a lot of injuries. Yeah, you've had the uh, – well, this was before the COVID. But I was like, yeah, you've had a lot of injuries. And, uh, you know, KP missed some games early on and all that. But, you know, with the way the team's performing now, they've dropped back down to 500. And it's getting to a point in the season where the rest of the Western Conference can kind of separate itself, or at least the top half of the Western Conference can separate itself from the bottom half. And I just, I kind of asked him, like, does that raise the urgency level? And basically his response to me was, he he said, do you think if we had our choice to trade any of our players for another team's all-star player, that we would decline the trade? And I was like, well, no, I, I, I don't think that would be the case. You'd do that in a heartbeat, but... I, but then I replied, I'm not just talking about all-star players either. You don't have to trade for all-star talent to improve this current roster. <laughs> that's that, that that's that's the thing. It's like I feel like the Mavs front office just has this this mindset like we've got to just swing for the fences and uh, get these big names, whether it's trying to trade for them with our less than desirable assets or going after them in free agency. We saw it in 2019. Like if, if they, it makes the, the summer of 2019 make a lot more sense uh, aside from waiting for Danny Green for over a week. That, that didn't make any sense, but you know, all the times they've been in free agency and going big fish hunting when they could have, you know, signed some second tier guys, a handful of second tier guys for what they could have signed the, uh, the top guy they were chasing, even if it was an overpay, you kind of see where that mindset comes in. Like, I don't know. I I feel like at that point it made me feel like, okay, they're going to just kind of twiddle their, their thumbs and not look to do anything big with this roster going forward unless it is for something like uh, one of these trade ideas I was going to bring up is something that uh, we posted on the site earlier today too about Sabonis from Indiana, you know, uh, somebody had read an article with a bunch of hypothetical trades on it, and they had a couple different deals between the Mavs and the Pacers. And one of those deals involved uh, it was uh, Christoph Porzingis and a first round pick for Sabonis and Jeremy Lamb. And first off, I don't think I don't think Indiana would do that. I don't know how desperate they are <laughs> to put things up right now, but I I mean I'd like to think that that they would, you know, be smarter than that, but I hope they're not. Um, but I don't know. I, that's the kind of moves that I think the Mavs are looking for right now instead of uh, just trying to to change out pieces for the sake of changing out. Because Mark Cuban has made it clear that they don't make a trade just to make a trade. They're not trying to do a lateral move. But in my opinion, even if it's 
even if it looks like a lateral move on the surface, there's something to be said for, you know, having a change of scenery, having new guys in the building, having a renewed energy. Uh, you know, at, at a certain point, things just run their course. Rick Carlisle was a good head coach. He is a good head coach. He's a great head coach. He knows how to coach the game of basketball. But he just, his time in Dallas just ran thin. I mean, he, he didn't adjust to coaching younger players, and, you know, he uh, had some friction with the front office, and it just, you know, his time was up. And that's kind of how I feel about this current roster uh, I mean, they've got to make some some bigger changes. They've got to do something with Dwight Powell. I think I know they love him, and he'll probably end up just staying with the team forever, and they'll retire his number like OKC did with <laughs> Nick Collison. But uh, it, they got to change their mindset, and I'm hoping this this whole situation kind of shows them like we don't have it doesn't have to be a swing for the fences move. You know, just shuffle the deck, get some new blood in there, and see where it goes. Am I off base there? No, you're you're 100% correct. Like I said, I mean, it's just indicative of the facts that... Um... If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just the whole mindset has been, let's go big for something. Like, even they got my hopes up with the whole, you know, Giannis coming to Dallas thing, which obviously didn't happen. But, like, just look at the last two champions, the Lakers and the Bucks. Look what happened with the Bucks. They went for it two years in a row, didn't get it. They got rid of Eric Bledsoe, got Drew Holiday, made a couple of little side moves here and there, won championship. 
the Lakers. They won the championship in the bubble. They changed damn near half their roster. And then they got limited in the first round. And then they really changed their roster, you know, with Westbrook and everybody else. So it's like, just switch it up. At some point, even if it looks like a lot of a move, you just, you never know because that talent might fit your roster. Like, look at Golden State. They got guys like, uh, what is it, Bialita and Otto Porter Jr. I would love to have those guys on this team. You know, it's just something different. Right. <laughs> just little things like that that we don't do because we just try to go for the fringes, to, you know, to get. And, it, and it, it's it's crazy because the teams that you're mentioning there, you know, the Lakers, they've recently won a championship. <laughs> they've recently, you know, won playoff series, multiple playoff series. Uh, the, the Milwaukee Bucks, even before they won the title, they've won multiple playoff series. You know, that that's what makes it so crazy about the Mavs situation. They haven't won a playoff series in a decade. They have not gotten past the first round in a decade. That is so I mean, that is insane to me that they haven't made more moves with this current roster than they have over the past three years, just given that fact. I mean, I, I it, it just baffles me. But uh, I appreciate it, Sam. Good having you on. I'm gonna go over to my guy Christian now, who's up here. Christian, what's up, man? Hey brother, how you doing? I'm doing good. Long time no talk, but we're finally back on here. How you doing? Man, I, I'm telling you, I so because I'm in Vegas, but I've been on assignment for work in Chicago. I don't know how you guys do it with that that time difference because, man, staying up, especially if it's a West Coast game and staying up till, you know, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. to watch the game. And, uh, yeah, it's rough, but uh, – Glad to be back. It, it, it is rough, and I made the mistake of signing up for the Christmas night game recap this year, which, you know, is, is terrible. It's, it's even worse. It was already bad because it was a 930 start here, uh, but now it's going to be, you know, the Mavs G League team <laughs> playing the Utah Jazz late Christmas, and I get to I, I have the honor of doing that recap for DallasBasketball.com this year. So that's going to be fun. Maybe they can make it fun for me, but yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts on you know everything we've talked about so far, as far as like you know where the Mavs' urgency level is, and maybe all this stuff that's happening right now can kind of open their eyes a little bit to what needs to happen going forward. Uh, I mean, I like the point that you brought up about the Lakers. They won a title, what, and I mean, basically a calendar year ago. I know it's been a couple seasons, but they won a title just over a calendar year ago, and they shook up the whole roster. Now, I think the Russ move was a bad move, but at the at minimum, I respect it, right? Like they clearly thought through this of, look, if we can get AD and LeBron through the regular season, keep a higher seed and have Russ be that regular season engine for us, then we can do some things and shake it up. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Russ playing more so with the bench in the playoffs and like you can kind of see the rationale behind it. It's not working probably exactly how they like. Um, you know, I again, I would have taken the Buddy Hilde and kept KCP kind of deal. But at the end of the day, they tried something different. 
And it's something that the Mavs front office just hasn't tried to do. So I respect that. And I think that Cuban conversation you had alluded to was alarming because it, of course you want superstar talent. That's really what wins in this league. But we're talking about improvement and we're clearly plateaued and actually taking a step back, it seems, of we're a first round exit. Now you can say it's a Clippers bad matchup and I agree, but at the same time, there's clearly a need to shake things up. The roster is stale and it says a lot when someone like Marquise Chris, who can't stay in the league, is probably our best center. And he just walked in off the street. I mean, Theo Pinson had a quote. He didn't even know what plays were being run. He was just like, like I, you know, kind of read my teammates. <laughs> yeah. Like, these guys are making an impact. They don't even know what the hell's going on. They've been there for like a day. Like, that's that should send a message to Mark of like, look, we need to hit a couple things. Look, we need to take a chance. Look at Austin Reeves. How nice would he be on this team? Like, these are all gettable guys. When you think of the Rockets, K.J. Martin and, uh, you know, the Jay Sean Tates of the world, the, you know, reaching out overseas, the, you know, just trying something and taking a chance. Now, I think the mindset is, like, we know what we have. We know Dwight's a, a rim roller and, you know, can used to be able to set a screen. Now he just, you know, does offensive fouls. But I feel like they have that comfort of we know what this is and we think we can possibly win because of Luka versus, look, it might not work out. Look at the Seth Curry for Jay Rich trade. But sometimes we have to take chances, especially when the chance isn't on someone like Seth Curry, but on someone like Dwight Powell that doesn't really contribute much. Yeah, and I mean, there there has there needs to be something said for just general bad luck for the Mavs too, because I don't I don't know what it is, Christian. I I, I don't know what it is, but it seems like you now the the, the J Rich thing that could have you know you can look into that and probably see why it went bad the way it did. But you know some of the other stuff like with them signing Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown this off season. I legitimately thought that was going to improve this team. I mean, I, I did not expect these guys to start out playing. Now, given Sterling Brown, he had his best game of the season in that last one when they were shorthanded, and maybe, just maybe, that will get him going. But, you know, Reggie Bullock, aside from maybe two good games this year, I mean, he's just not, he's just not been good at all. You know, he shot, like, what, 42% from three last year? He was arguably the Knicks' best defender. Uh, and, you know, the, Tom Thibodeau was, like, extremely sad that the Knicks didn't retain him. And I figured he would take on that same kind of role with the Mavs. And for whatever reasons, I don't know if he's got, like, uh, I think there was something going on with his back earlier in the season, and they haven't said much else about that. I don't know if that has to do with it. If you ask Mark Cuban, it's probably the ball situation. Uh, but, I mean, I just – I don't understand. It feels like the Mavs just have this string of bad luck going where guys who on paper are supposed to help improve the team 
but they just don't pan out for what whatever reason. And it's really frustrating because, you know, you look at Reggie Bullock's career three-point numbers, I mean, you have to think at some point, new ball or not, or whatever the case is, that he, he can break out of this at some point this season. If not, they've got to look into dumping him. <laughs> because, and, I mean, you hate to say that so early into, some you know, a new player signing, but, I mean, man, he, he has just been very disappointing this year. And they signed him for uh, $9 million a year for this year and the, and the next two after this year. So, I, don't, I mean, are you? do you think it's just mostly bad luck? Or, I mean, what, what do you think the main issue is with these guys not panning out the way we think they should? I mean, I think it's uh, – I mean, we have a definitely bad luck. I think it's when you don't take the draft seriously and you can, you know, look at free agency and, you know, what we've done there. When you have this all or nothing mentality, it affects everything. And I think, you know, in that draft where we got Josh Green, it was very clear that we needed someone that can step in right away and be a role player, you know, a three and D wing, obviously maybe a big man, whatever it was. And we drafted Josh green, who I think most people would say, isn't going to step in day one and get you shots, knock down his, you know, three pointers isn't going to come in day one and be able to take even five, 10 minutes of rotation playing time. Right. He, he was and, always viewed, he was always viewed as an offensive project. Everybody knew he could play defense, but he was very, very raw on the offensive end and everybody knew that going in. So. Yeah. And it, it's that lack of coherency with the plan because it, okay, then you draft Josh Green, but you want to make that next step. You either have to think you can expedite that timeline in him being a real contributor. And I would think where he was taken, they actually believed maybe he could be a starter next to Luca. Um, but the other thing is, I actually think the Reggie Bullock signing in that, I was, you know, disappointed by free agency, but I didn't mind the signing whatsoever, specifically with Reggie. And Sterling, you know, was so cheap that it's, let's take a chance on a guy that's been playing well uh, as of late on bad teams. But with Reggie, like you said, he's a 40% three-point shooter uh, throughout his career. He is a very active defender. Now, he's not going to make an all-defensive team, but he's very active. And certainly last year, if you get the Knicks version of Reggie Bullock on this team against the Clippers in the playoffs – I I think we win it, right? I think we catch one of those games. I think we stop some of the Um, So I think it is part luck, part lack of imagination, and part lack of coherency on an actual direction of what is needed. Like, we, we need to fill positions, you know, uh, 7 through 10. You know, we need to try to – Get somebody, I mean, you know, everyone, obviously, the Bain situation, you know, we we kind of quiver at it just because it's it's so awful. But 
those things just so much is stacked up on us that I think it's hard to dig ourselves out of this hole. And that's the position we find. And, and to be completely clear, the whole bad luck stance, that was just specifically in regards to free agency stuff, because they, they have definitely dropped the ball when it comes to the draft. And, you know, I think that last draft and how it played out last year with Josh Green not playing hardly and, you know, how raw he was offensively and then Tyrell Terry just basically falling off the face of the planet uh, and then eventually getting released. You know, all of that stuff, I feel like uh, Terry wasn't released until uh, after the front office change was made. But, I, you know, that last draft, I feel like that was the nail in the coffin for, for Donnie Nelson. <laughs> Because <laughs> there have been a there has been such a series of unforced errors that have happened since 2019. You know the, they drafted Luca, which was great, or they traded for Luca. Uh, even in that one, you know that, that that that's another thing about this. You know our boys in blue type of uh, mindset. Because even if you go back to the Luca draft, they had a chance to trade uh, pick number five for pick number three and swap Wesley Matthews with Kent Bazemore, who had an extra year on his contract than Wes did. They could have done that and saved themselves from sending the Hawks an extra first-round pick in the future. But they didn't value the draft. So, and, and you know, they wanted to hold on to Wesley Matthews. So uh, who's to say if the KP trade happens, if they do that uh, later on? But, you know, I, I think in the long run, in the big picture thing, Maybe they could have made another bigger trade uh, in the next year or so after that, uh, not having all of their their draft capital uh, traded out. So that that's the thing. I, the bad luck stuff is just with these fringe free agency signings because on paper they're supposed to help this team a lot more than what they have. And maybe maybe they will eventually come around because just like last year, it seems like you know it, it's it's going to be another weird season. Uh, you, you did have the ball change. I don't think the basketball has as big of a uh, to do with it as as Mark Cuban does, but you know I, I know how anal retentive these players are when it comes to that, especially sharpshooters. You know, if you change one little thing, it does make a difference, at, at least to some extent. So maybe at some point they can get used to it, and uh, you know the Mavs can finish out this season. Uh, better than what they've started. I think the thing that's kind of saving the Mavs at this point is that the rest of the West is also a mess. <laughs> you know, they're uh, as bad as things have been lately. They're still only like three games behind the Grizzlies for fourth in the West, I believe. I have to look at the standings to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's last time I looked at it. Uh, that's where they're at. So the, there's still there's still hope for optimism, but they like I wrote uh, earlier this week, the front office has to raise their urgency level. Like it's nice that Mark Cuban is acknowledging that you know they're going to have some end of the roster decisions based on how Pinson and Chris are playing if they keep that up, but they can't be content with that. They need to they need to look you know elsewhere as far as like Dwight Powell's position because I know they love him. And he had a good game in that last one when they were shorthanded, but 
more times than not, he's hurting you than helping you at this point. So they, they've got to keep it up. They can't just be content with these, uh, with this fluke situation where they had to sign these guys and, Oh, look, we might've found something. They need to keep it going. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things that you said, and this will, this will be the last thing I touch on, but you can, after getting Luca and realizing the potential that he has in his rookie scale contract, we've had max cap space and over max cap space in one occasion in 2019, two different times. And we had a draft where we had three picks from 18 to what was it like 40 or 39, 40, whatever it was. You cannot with max cap space, two different times and three picks in a draft that has produced a lot of good, solid players. You can't walk away with the same team of basically the Dallas Knicks. Like you can't, you, you can't rationalize that. And that is so like, it, it's just so detrimental to the long-term outlook of the team when you have those kind of opportunities and have literally nothing to show for it outside of one good Josh Green game or two good Josh Green games that we get excited about when that's like the, the best game he's had is like the worst game that – you know, a Bain or a Maxi, et cetera, have had. So I think, you know, I, I, I feel for this front office because, you know, clearly they, they weren't in place. But, you know, I if Mark is still the one and, you know, it seems that obviously he forever will be, you just I, – I, I, I don't know how to – you have to see it before you believe it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for. I, I was struggling to put that put that together, but no, you're you're exactly right, Dalton. I hope I'm proven wrong, but it's at this point, um, I, I can't be optimistic about the outlook outside of having. Well, Christian, I appreciate you joining me. And before you take off here, I know you've been able to join a couple of those. Uh, these watch parties we've been doing on playback. What have you thought about that? Yeah. I mean, do you think me personally, that app is extremely cool. It's kind of like here. It's, it's like green room, but you know, you have the little video bubbles and the chat and everybody's watching a, a sync stream of the game together. I mean, what, what, have, what are your thoughts on that so far? Oh, it's such a great time. And I, I would strongly suggest anyone that can definitely hop in. I think it's, you know, uh, I'll, I'll even say this, like it's a fantastic app. Uh, most importantly, I think the best thing about it, though, is the kind of community that you and the, you know, Mavs fans for life have really cultivated. Um, and especially this season, I think it's needed because I know we all want to go on Twitter or scream at our TVs. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it feels much better to just talk through it with other fans um, and kind of the community of kind of talking through some of this. And it's a uh, very insightful, like going through the plays, we get a, you know, joke a bit and also just kind of talking about, you know, what's going on on the court. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, it's a great time and I can't strongly suggest enough for everyone to. 
Well, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it, it really has been a blast. The end of that Lakers game, even though uh, even though it didn't end the way we wanted it to, it was it was going crazy in our uh, in our watch party there on playback. And again, I'll post the link out uh, earlier today too. But like I said, if 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 y'all are interested in doing that, just go to at uh, Step Back Mavs on Twitter, and I've got I think I've got that tweet pinned about the about the watch party stuff. So. Uh, guys, I appreciate it. Uh, y'all go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Uh, stay tuned to DallasBasketball.com. Uh, I've actually I've got an announcement about that. I'm, I'm going to wait until the first of the year when it's official, but um, I'm, I'm taking on a lot more responsibility with that here very soon, and I'm really excited about it. And uh, we're going to continue to keep pushing out good podcast content as well. Uh, the math step back premium stuff. Uh, we're going to continue to build that. If you haven't heard already out of my million tweets about it over the last, <laughs> last two or three weeks, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash math step back. And not only do you get access to all of these live watch parties, uh, but you get access to any exclusive interviews I do with guys, uh, any kind of bonus pods, video pods. It's all ad-free, um, and it's $4 a month. And if you sign up before the end of December, you get a free Mav Step Back t-shirt, and you can cancel any time. So if it's not living up to your Mavs fan expectations, you can cancel, no big deal, no hard feelings. But it's there for the taking right now, and I plan on expanding it even further and making it even better in 2022. So, guys, I appreciate your time today. Good talk as always. Hopefully the Mavs come out tonight and get another undermanned win against the Milwaukee Bucks, and we can start the weekend off right, you know, going into Christmas. I hope uh, everybody has a good holiday season. I hope you all have a good time with family or friends or whatever you're doing this weekend. We'll see you next time. You all have a good